So when he makes broccoli, when he makes a maiden bean, when he puts a system in that cow to produce whole milk, when he put a tree that produces fruit, he made the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he made the associations of vitamins and nutrients perfect. And when we start understanding that one of the mantras that we should come out of how to eat to live with is that let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. A mantra that came from a black man, not some Johnny lately, from Emotep, the original man that taught all of these late people how and what the human body needs and how to practice medicine. Okay. So as we continue talking today, I hope that I laid a base so that you all can understand why we're having the conversation we're having today, and then what you can do, a practical application of putting this into work that can help protect you. Lastly, here are the cells and the organs of the body that this pandemic is greatly affecting, right? The ACE2 receptor is the one that most of us have heard many conversations about, and they are in all of these different organs of the body. And that's why sometimes those of us who are really in the healthcare field versus those of you who may not be, but you still hear a lot of these stories about people getting the virus and they're confused. Or seems like they have dementia. People that get the virus and they're having prostate problems. People that get the virus and having a lot of diarrhea and can't digest and don't seem to have that system working correctly. Well, that's because all of these different systems can be affected because the ACE system is in all of these cells, is in all of these organs. But if you just paid attention to what we just went over about repair versus regeneration, and you are intent on making it through this, then you have to put in the work that we're getting ready to talk about now for the rest of the show, okay? And the last thing I'll say before I bring in my brother and sister to make their comments so we can move forward is this. As of yesterday, the world statistics are that 97.6% of the people on the planet Earth that have gotten this virus have gotten over it with mild symptoms. I'm gonna say that again. 97.6% of the people on the planet Earth have gotten over this virus with mild symptoms. So we have to get to a place where we are understanding that when a man of God comes and brings you information, if you listen to him, if you follow his guidance, you will be at more peace. But if you don't, then you have to rely on people that may be lying to you. So let's just read this real quick and then I'm going to be quiet. Page 58, book one. Nearly all of my followers, this is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad speaking, nearly all of my followers and I are already in heaven. And then he puts in parentheses, the, 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 this, excuse me, the description of heaven. He says, a peace of mind and contentment for the necessities of life, such as food, clothing, shelter, and without the enemy of fear and grief. And with the protection of Almighty God, Allah, what more do we want? Two paragraphs down, he says, but still within ourselves, we are happy because this evil world does not attract us anymore. We do not desire this kind of life that the wicked live. Our thoughts or minds feast upon the spirit of goodness. 
Therefore, the spirit of evil cannot find a place among us to dwell. The Honorable, I mean, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan told us in the criteria that this was a pestilence from heaven. And so I would say, I can't say what he meant, but I would say this is teaching from heaven. And so if we want to get ourselves at a beneficial place where we can make it through this pestilence, we have to work on our righteousness and we have to work on the word of God that was given to us. So I'm gonna stop right there, let my brother and my sister comment, and then we'll move on to the next part of the show. Thank you everyone for attending. Dr. Keely, I think you did a phenomenal job opening Praise up. No, Praise seriously, because you know, for the audience who may not have a background in the sciences, in medicine, and in healthcare, I think that you made it so plain for any of us to understand just a little bit better. And so I thank you for that. I think you did an amazing job. Praise God. Thank you, sister. Brother Tariq? You hear me? Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Yes, I, I will certainly agree with uh, Dr. Farrakhan. You did an exceptionally, exceptionally well um, at explain, explaining the overall science of the human body and how things work. And, um, you know, I, I definitely look forward to, you know, expounding upon, you know, this conversation uh, down the line. And just to make a comment just about, you know, the pestilence from heaven, um, even though Allah does bring these, bring different types of judgments upon us, he doesn't leave us without protection. And that's what Hadi to live is. So I just want to say that and then we move on to the uh, best part, the next part of the conversation. Well, the next part is coming right back to you, my brother, because um, as we know, those who have who have read How to Eat to Live and those who know about the Nation of Islam, you know, one of our stables is the Navy bean, the bean pie. And so um, being in the culture of the Nation of Islam, of course, as we celebrate Savior's Day this weekend, there are probably going to be a lot of bean pies and a lot of bean soup in some in black people's mouths. Right. And so I want to put this right back into your lap, my brother, and let's have um, the next few minutes. Let's discuss the bean and why it is important and why it is, I would say, paramount to an immune system in these days and times we're living in. And if those of you that may be hearing Brother Tariq for the first time, his brother has done much research on the Navy bean, specific to the Navy bean. So he is absolutely um, one of the most qualified people I know to have this discussion. So go ahead, brother. Let us know what you are going to pour on us. Oh, praise due to Allah. Well, once again, thank you, beloved, for the opportunity. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, just first and foremost, with the Navy being, um, I, I want to come at it from a scientific perspective. So the Navy being, um, by its scientific name, uh, called Faciolus vulgaris, it's a common being. It's not an oil seed, otherwise known as a dry bean. Now, the dry beans are a class of beans, the navy bean, the black beans, the kidney beans, the red beans. These are a class of beans that are more compatible with human physiology than the oil seeds, like the soybeans and the peanuts. When we're thinking about the navy bean, when I say it's more compatible to the human body, it is one of the original foods that Allah prescribed to 
continue the overall human function. What I mean is this being is, is literally meant to sustain you. So if you were to, well, Dr. King, let me, let me um, ask, let me ask you this. And in, in the Navy being itself, and I remember we, we talked about this a little bit at uh, previous Savior's Days. In the Navy being itself, what makes it, and then I'm going to come back in and, and expound upon your answer. What makes it more compatible with the human body? There's something I want to um, bring around with this this point. Yes, sir. Well, my, my understanding and study of the Navy bean is that when you break the Navy bean down into its portions, which is what the digestive system does to everything we put in the body, the percentage of protein versus sugar versus fat that is in the Navy bean is very proportionate to the same systems that's in the body. And then when you look at the ability of those proteins in the Navy bean to be broken down into amino acids is a very easy process, so it's not hard on digestion. And then for the size of a Navy bean, right? Because we can look at it, we see it's a pretty small bean, but in comparison to a lot of other foods, it has a very high ORAC value, O-R-A-C. If anybody's interested in looking up what an ORAC value is, in short, it is the size of a food or the portion of a food and the amount of nutrients that it gives in that portion. And so the Navy bean being such a small bean, it is very high in glutathione, very high in other nutrients that are Im immensely important in not only our immune system, but in the way that we extract a lot of toxins and heavy metals and other things in the body that don't necessarily need to be there. It is one of the best foods in doing that to my understanding. Absolutely. And, and one of some of those um, nutrients are actually, a, a, there's a, a set of nutrients in the Navy being called secondary metabolites. These secondary metabolites are pretty much the things that help fortify the human body when the, fir when the first and foremost nutrients aren't, aren't necessarily being absorbed or available. So they act as like a backup system to the uh, main nutrients like the carbohydrates, the sugars, the proteins, the different things of that nature. Um, now, in terms of, you know, what you see on the screen, you know, if your immune system is not uh, at its best, Navy beans can help provide copper, magnesium, folate, um, and other things. Now, one thing I want to comment on is the Navy beans abundance in zinc. So That's for right. those who don't know, zinc is actually an element that helps to fortify or strengthen the outer cell wall in, the, in that one, some of the uh, cells in the human body. And it keeps certain viruses from having the ability to penetrate that cell wall. That's right. So most of the elements that you see, the copper, the magnesium, they have certain functions. Magnesium helps to regulate heart rate. We have copper, which is used to uh, keep the blood from being vicious, viscous or being thicker than what it normally should be. And then you have the folate. Folate helps to fortify or strengthen the, the arterial wall. The arteries are these vessels that blood flows through to get to other parts of the body. And then you have your iron. Iron is used to help transport certain proteins and certain uh, and other chemicals from one cell to another. and also helps to transport oxygen throughout the body. So the Navy bean literally has everything you need. There's no need to be eating other things outside of the Navy bean and the different things that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad 
gave us to produce from that Navy bean. Yes, sir. Sister Mariana, come on and drop some of that knowledge on us, my sister. Man, I'm 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 sitting here and I'm like, what can I really add? Y'all? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I tell you what then. Saying it all. Okay, well let me let me let me throw this lob to you then, because okay. I think we covered the, the Navy beam adequately. And of course, brothers and sisters that are listening that are here with us, there's so much more that we could go in depth into. But what we really want to do is whet your appetite, give you a little better understanding of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has given us from our perspective. And then you go out there and you start trying to implement these things and you will notice the benefits. So if you don't have Navy beans in your house, when we finish with this program, or I should say, when you finish watching the rest of the programs today, at the end of the day, head to the grocery store, get you some Navy beans, okay? I just want to mention this real quickly, Mariam, and then I'm going to let you out because I know you have something to say on this. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says in book one on page 20, the fact that fasting is the cure for 90% of our ills is known by the medical scientists, but they do not teach you that. They know that tobacco, hard whiskey, and alcohol are not good for you and will shorten your life and kill you. I read that whole paragraph, but I really want us to go now into fasting, okay? So um, go ahead, sister. I'll, I'll, um, you know, um, it's interesting because a lot of the times we in the medical field, doctors will always talk about, oh, have three meals a day with three smaller meals in between. Or, you know, you hear uh, about a lot of people saying, oh, I do, I eat six small meals a day, right. right? And now there's been a lot of talk around uh, intermittent fasting, yes. right? And this isn't new. The messenger has been talking about this for years, right. but they've renamed it. When yes. we talk about fasting, they're saying, oh, we're just going to do this intermittent, you know, dieting. And this yes. is, and, and now the science is coming out that this is best for us. That's right. So um, it's really interesting because a lot of the times we see our physicians in a condition, the same condition of their patients, Come on, or no. if not worse. That's right. When um when I go at, when I'm working at the hospital and things like that, how many of your physicians have to take a smoke break? Like yeah. literally, Talk about that's it. something that we see. Yes, it's a high stress um, and high demand type of job, but a lot of the things that we do when we're trying to nation build are going to be slightly stressful. But that's what right. do we do to combat that? That's and right what is our diet and our exercise and our fasting looking like so that we can be our best selves. So I think that is really interesting that a lot of our physicians are overweight. A lot of our physicians are, uh, you know, they, they drink or they smoke or they're dealing with their own ailments and telling you, oh, um, you should do X, Y, and Z to be better, but can't really practice or are struggling to practice the same medicine that they know is needed for us. Well, that's a powerful what you put in there, sister, because, you know, um, one of the things that I say regularly is that when I read How to Eat to Live after practicing medicine for seven years, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad made that statement that I read that fasting is a cure for 90% of my ills, the first thing I said to myself is, why, why the hell did none of these physicians that I was looking up to ever say anything to me about that. Right. All these people that were my mentors, not one of them ever said anything about fasting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you start getting into fasting, you're like, wow, 
this is so superior than what we were taught in medical school. And I'm saying from the American medical perspective, Mariam and I are gonna talk a little more about that, the difference between Cuba and America in a little bit. But the point on fasting <clears throat> is that they're using these code words, as my sister said, and including calorie restriction, mm -hmm. Methuselah mouse. They're using all of these words because as the minister has taught us many, many years, that they will never give a black man credit for what they know they got their information from. That's Just the same way we had to watch the movie when Taraji P. Henson played the sister that did the calculation so that they could make it to the moon. There are countless examples of black people doing the work behind the scenes and somebody that doesn't look like them is getting credit. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing that's happening today. But when you come to a program from the Nation of Islam, we don't hide the truth nor do we care about telling the truth because we tell the truth regardless of the consequences. So here it is on page 50 in book two, a fast should be two to three days without eating food. If we are seeking spiritual advancement, we should fast for three days. So the Honorable Ajahn is telling us, right? Um, if you heard the other statement I made, that if you eat one meal a day, and you fast two or three days each month, you will not have enough germ in your body to make you sick one hour. That's because we are going to that regeneration side of that chart that we saw earlier. You're not just repairing, you are regenerating. As you fast, your stem cells increase. So there's no need to go and pay thousands of dollars to go get some fetal stem cells out of a baby that was either born or aborted. No, what you can do is discipline yourself, dedicate yourself, eat some Navy beans, eat right for a while and then go on a fast and you will look in the mirror and you will see yourself digressing in age. You will see your eyes clear up. Your thinking gets clear as he tells us, right? These are things that he's been telling us since the 30s. So this is not new information. It's just that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad doesn't use fancy terms and a lot of polysyllabic words. He says it very plainly. And so we have to find ourselves being dedicated to the information that's coming directly from God to us. Anything else on fasting, my brother and my sister? Well, you know, just to kind of comment on um, when you said the Navy being, you know, if we if we're on the Navy being like we should be, that being helps us to produce those stem cells that you're, you're speaking of. That's right. You know, one of the questions in the uh, Q&A, I'm, I'm not going to answer it. You know, personally, I'm just going to kind of shed some light on it. Um, the amino acids, you know, we are, there are nine essential amino acids that are uh, needed for the body to survive. You can get all nine of them from the Navy. Bay. All right, well, hold on, hold on just a second, bro, because okay, now, now you got to a point where <laughs> somebody's not going to know what essential versus non-essential is. So well, just yeah, kind of clear that up. First. Okay, right, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> You want me you want me to break that down or just yes sir kind of, yes sir okay. i just want to make sure everybody understands what you meant by essential right right so essential you can't you can't get not the essential amino acids they're, they're not they're not naturally found in the human body so you have to get these essential amino acids from diet or from the things that you eat the best source to get these nine essential amino acids your tryptophan your, your leucine your, your, there's a few others i'm not going to name them, all nine of them but to get these the best source to get these non-essential amino acids is through the navy bean. The amino acids facilitate the environment. These are the, the, building the building blocks of protein. Proteins facilitate the environment for cells to function. 
So when we have all nine of the essential amino acids and we have the, the, the cells uh, proper function, we can in turn have the stem cells and they can differentiate like Dr. Keeley was saying in the beginning and turn into other cells that are needed for the body. Like if you needed heart cells after having a heart attack, then you would have the, your body would have the ability to make the stem cell or the, the cell needed for that, for, to you, for you to heal from that heart attack, which are cardiomyocytes. So yes. there are a lot of different ways the native being goes about interacting with proteins in your body to make sure that you have what you need to live a long life. Praise me to Allah. So um, I don't, I'm, I'm a, let me know what you all think. I think we should start answering these questions. You know, I think it's good to answer them while we're in this section. Um, so as we move on, I think there's some very good questions. So let's um, look at some of these questions. Um, Kubila Muhammad says, happy Savior's Day. Assalamu alaikum. Can you please review the statement made about the joints? Thank you. Yes, very briefly, I was just saying that there is not a part of the body that cannot heal. There is not a part of the body that can't solve its problem. And that was the difference when I was talking about repair versus regeneration, right? A stem cell doesn't just go and like rehabbing a house, right? If you go into a house, and I'm sure some of you have watched HGTV before, you go into a house and you see a joint problem or a door is bad, they're going in and repairing that door, repairing that joint, and then putting some stuff back on it to make it look good but that house may not necessarily be in the best condition behind those walls. But a stem cell would come and knock that house down and build a new one where everything right. is fresh. Everything is, is brand new and up to date. That's the difference between a stem cell versus the repair mechanisms in the human body so using an, a house analogy. And so when you have a joint that's causing you pain, there are many things that you can do to improve a joint. But the point I was making is that we have to know here that if I do certain things like we're talking about today and how to eat to live, you can literally repair that joint without having to go to a surgeon and get a new replacement knee put in your joint. So <laughs> right, that's right. what I meant by that statement. So I pray that I um, um, clarified your question. Okay, so I'm gonna drop this one on too well. Oh, brother, I mean, Sister Charlene says, Assalamualaikum, what specific enzyme may be missing if a person has difficulty digesting beans, legumes? Well, um, so in the Navy bean, you have the, the bulk of the Navy bean is carbohydrates or carbs or, or big, big protein. So an enzyme that you may be uh, missing, and this goes right back to what the Navy bean provides. If you find, if you are told from your physician or you find that you don't have the enzymes needed to digest beans, eat the Navy bean the Navy bean would give you the enzyme you need to digest it. Mm -hmm. So one of those, those uh, enzymes, you have your lipase, which helps digest fat. You have your, uh, there's another one off the tip of my tongue, but there are two main ones. One of them being lipase, which helps to digest, to digest uh, fat and use fat to help, help give nutrition to certain parts of the body. But if you find yourself struggling with these enzymes that are used, that are used to break down certain substances, in the body, eat the navy bean. The navy bean will give you every single enzyme you need to break things down. I hope I pray to answer your question. Yeah, the, the only thing that I would add to that um, excellent explanation is that sometimes 
um, when we have problems digesting certain foods, it can sometimes is not necessarily an enzymatic. Sometimes it is a bacterial problem. Our system, these systems that we went through earlier work so fine tunely together that yes, you do have to have the right enzymes. Yes, you do have to have the stomach producing certain things, the pancreas producing certain things. But if the bacteria in the intestines is not correct, then you still won't absorb and sometimes won't finish the digestion process. So it is sometimes enzymatic and sometimes it's just that our system is in bad shape. Right. The key is that the same way we just talked about regeneration, the regeneration of that bacteria in your GI system is usually one of the fastest things to happen. You don't need probiotics, you don't need all these tricks. You need to put the right foods in your body, just like we finished talking about, and your body will produce that bacteria because it's made to do so. Anything you wanna add, Sister Mariana? You know what, I was just about to come behind you because um, I saw that there was a question in the Q&A and I thought it would, it's an excellent segue. It says, what are, your views on supplements because one of the things that we know is that the quality of the soil the quality of the farms where these um, foods are being produced our produce is not as minerally and nutritionally as rich as it was 50 and 60 years ago so yes we have the science of how to eat to live and what are the best foods that we are supposed to put in our bodies but in 2021 is is that sufficient is that enough or or should we be looking towards a pill or a supplement oh i think that's an excellent point and what i will do is go to the supreme doctor first <laughs> dr honorable elijah muhammad right in book two right we, when we can't have a program on how to eat to live and the three of us talk from our own ego or arrogance or what we learn in some book today is about getting the information directly from god Right. But I think what Marian posed is an excellent way for us to answer your question. Here is the Honorable Ajahnabit statement. The less you eat, the longer you live. I'm just going to leave it right there, <laughs> right? So right. think about this. In this book, he tells us that if you eat one meal a day, and let me not do that. I'm going to quote it again because I don't want to. I got to get to a place where I tell you what he says, not tell you what I think he says, right? Uh, where is it? Never be sick. Page 53, book one. All right. Uh, second paragraph. Eat nothing between meals, not even candy, fruit, or anything which would start the stomach digestive processes. In this way, our eating of the proper food and drinks, foods and drinks, at the proper time would extend our life to 140 years. This would protect us from sickness. And just real quickly, who have you heard that guarantees you to make it to 140? Mm. Nobody. Next paragraph. He said, if we would start our infants eating one meal a day, as soon as they are able to partake of solid foods, it would enable them to live to an age of 240 years. Man, y'all Negroes are crazy. If you believe that 240 years, 240. I then asked him, how about eating once every 48 hours? He said to me, you will be ill only one day out of four or five years. So I asked him, what was the cure for that one day of illness? He said, fast three days and you will be all right. 
What about eating one meal every three days? He said, you will never be sick if you eat once every 72 hours. So why did I mention that? Because when we are in the middle of a pestilence, mm -hmm. that's a problem that all of us are thinking about, man, am I going to get sick? Well, when a man of God tells you that you won't be sick, but every four or five years, that's a pretty strong immune system. And then he didn't leave it there. He took it to another place. You could never be sick. That means your immune system is supreme. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is telling us that the less of the nutrients you put in your body, if they're quality, the better you will be. So yes, what Sister Mariam said is absolutely true. And Minister Farrakhan has said that in some of his lectures, that the soil is not at the same quality as it has been in the past. But the American ideology of overindulgence and doing so much is a foolish ideology. It does not connect with long life. And so I would say, and the way I live my life based on this book, I haven't taken a supplement since 2004. And that's not no cap, that's just honest truth. I don't supplement, I go to food because that is what I believe at this point. I don't believe a supplement that somebody goes and finds a plant or a food and they go to a laboratory and put it in a pill form. How can that give you better than what Allah put on a tree or put in the ground? That's my philosophy. And so yes, the nutrients are less. When you eat a piece of food, if you compared it to that same food, 50, 60 years ago, would it be less nutri nutritive? Probably, but there's still enough to benefit you and get you through everything that he said in this book. Why? Because we're seeing it happen. So that's the key, not just talking, but we're watching. I am, we are watching people dedicate their lives to how they need to live and they're walking out of medical problems. They're walking out of difficult situations. They're seeing their body regenerate. Today's not the time to go on to all those testimonies, but we'll give you some information on our personal sites so that you can go and maybe see some of the videos that we have where we talk about these things. So I thought that was excellent, Sister Mariam. I pray that I just added a little of my experience to it. Um, I also see there's a question here about high blood pressure. We're not going to get into specific diseases, um, Sister. I apologize, but we don't want to get into specific disease because it takes a lot more just to, than just to answer that question just um generally, we'd have to know a little more information. Um, I think the person that asked about the way to cook the Navy being the anonymous attendee, you might need to send that question to brother um, Chef B. Muhammad that's on here because he is the man that could answer that question better than I. I don't know, Sister Mario, brother Tariq might know how to cook Navy bean soup, but um, I have a beautiful wife that takes care of my Navy bean soup. <laughs> Uh, so here's another question. Um, does the Navy bean help your kidneys? Go ahead, Maria. I see you shaking your head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just volunteer myself. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Absolutely, it does. And I think that we have to. I, I mean, every the questions that I see posed are really all going back to the basics of what is in this book, and I know that when I have read it and, and sat down and read it cover to cover, it seems very simple to read because it is very clear. The messenger does not mix up his words. He doesn't um, stumble. 
it's it's very clear and direct. And I think that sometimes in the simplicity of it, we get ourselves confused because we believe that it can't be that simple. So when we ask the question of, um, are the navy beans good for our kidneys? Are yes, most definitely, absolutely. It everything that the messenger has talked about. In first of all, we starting with the navy bean and then the whole wheat bread and then yes. going to whole milk. That is the the foundation for all of our immune for our immune system and for all of our organ systems. So, so I don't know who asked that question, but yes, sir, yes, ma'am, whoever asked the question. Praise be to Allah. And um, Brother Tariq, you have anything to add? Um, yes, yes, sir. So um, I just want to first and foremost say thank you for thank you so much for pulling from that part of how to live, especially when he mentions living to uh, 240. That's that's one of my favorite parts of how to live. Um, just coming, just breaking it down, you know, scientifically, um, one of the things that was mentioned earlier were, and I, and I don't, I don't know if I, can I, can I go deeper into, into the science part? Well, this is your show. You ain't got to ask no questions <laughs> like this. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, so basically uh, what was mentioned earlier was something called an ACE2 receptor, right? So just to kind of paint you a picture, um, everybody has an apartment you all have a door and that door keeps certain things outside of your apartment or your house or what have you. And it really pretty much controls whatever it is that you want to come in and out that, that, uh, that facility. So with the cell, the cell has these things that sit on the surface of, of the cell called these ACE2 receptors. They stand for angiotensin converting enzyme. So angiotensin is the protein that helps to lower blood pressure. When we eat the navy bean, it helps to, it sends different types of enzymes and proteins to the, wall, the cell walls to help strengthen those ACE2 receptors. <clears throat> that makes sense? Absolutely. So the ACE2 receptors, as I said before, they're controlling your blood pressure. They can they determine how low it's gonna be, how high it's gonna be. So when you're eating the navy bean and you're telling their, your ACE2 receptors that here, here's the navy bean, use the nutrients that it has in it to help strengthen it, then you yourself, then just in a, in a series of events coming after that are in turn lowering your blood pressure and you're getting the desired uh, result that you wanna see. Yeah, you know, I think the the amazing thing about both of your answers, um, I would sum up my gathering of what you all both just said in that there is not an aspect of the body that can't be healed. The foods and the principles that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave to us will solve the problems in the body. I've seen it. Every single organ system, every single medical problem that I've seen in my career, I've seen improve after I started using how to eat to live as a foundation. So somebody could ask about the kidneys. My liver is bad. My joints are bad. My brain is a little foggy. My teeth are bad. My tongue doesn't taste right. My lungs aren't that good because I was around this or that. Every single one of these things can be improved. Every single one of these systems in the body, it just depends on how determined how dedicated and diligent you are to applying how to live because what we're talking about today i can promise you i've had conversations with both of these beautiful people and sometimes we'll be on the phone talking for hours 
we could go so much in depth on so many different levels of this, but that's not for this platform. This platform is to help you understand, as you hear Mariam explain, as you hear Brother Tariq explain, that's some scientific in-depth information, but the simplicity in the way that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad posed it to us, he put it on this platter and handed it to us in these two books. If we just get busy trying to do what he says, and fast as much as you are capable of doing, you will see whatever medical problem you have start to improve. How do I know that? Let me read you something that he said. Where is it? Um, book two, page 40. I got the wrong book. Book two, page 40. I hope some of you all are following along, but here's his statement on page 40, second paragraph. By eating one meal a day, some chronic diseases will vanish in a few years as they fail to get the poison that will keep them alive. Sometimes they vanish within a few months. If you eat the right foods and eat only one meal a day or every two days, try it for yourselves. We have the blueprint, brothers and sisters. And I'm sorry to say that, you know, after all the years I went to school and studied, was there some value in that information? Absolutely. But this was the book that took me to a place where being in the field that I believe I was ordained to be in became fun again, became um, satisfactory, became joyful, became at peace. But when I was prescribing and doing the things that I was taught in this American system, it had some value, but it wasn't helping people solve problems. And so we could go into a lot of again, polysyllabic words and impress you all with our vocabulary, right? <laughs> In the day, that's not what the man that inspires us did. And so we're trying to keep it so that you all understand how to take where it is that you are and gradually go in the direction of improving and never looking back. That's what today is about because your immune system is as we've been talking all day, is paramountly important, not only to your current health, but as you look down the line, if you are a 20-year-old, you're a 30-year-old, 50, 60-year-old, but you look at the 80-year-olds in your family, you're like, man, I don't want to wind up there. You look at the people in your family, man, nobody made it to 100. You look at your family and everybody dies in the 80s, like, well, you know, that's, that's our family history. No, that's your family activity, mm. not your family history. Because we can go back just a little bit further, not too long after slavery, during slavery, the average age of a black person in America was 27 years young. Can you imagine that? An average age of 27, we were dying very young because we were so malnutritious, because they were feeding us lima beans and soybeans and black beans and the hog and all the scraps of the food that they were eating. We were malnutritious, so we were dying from a lot of things that we should have been able to fight. But after we left slavery and we had all of these black towns around America where we were producing our own food and we controlled everything, the life, the average age of black people went way up to almost 80 within just a few years. And so the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has brought us the ability to go back to a way that we were much healthier, but he didn't leave it there. He took it to a point where we can get what we have never seen and never heard of 240 years. 140 years it tells us that we can live like the old patriarchs. So um, everything and anything in your body 
that is not perfect right now or is not, not working optimally can be improved when you follow this teaching. Absolutely. Some excellent questions, excellent questions. Um, Sister Mariam, I know you got this one. This you brother says, please expound on the variation of fasting, intermittent two to three day fasting, liquid fasting, et cetera. What is best for us? Well, it's interesting because I've um, I've heard uh, people doing, um, so I think it's a, a lemonade fast where they, they mix uh, lemons and water and um, either like agave or honey. Mm -hmm. And then you have people doing intermittent fasting, which is, you know, usually when you uh, fast for a certain number of hours, sometimes they say eight or 12 or 24, but that's really just the one meal a day um, in, a, in a different terminology. And I think that Dr. Keeley, you talked about it earlier today about how um, the world has not really given um, the messenger, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the credit when he said that this is from God in person, the truth right. and how to eat to live are from God in person. So there are multiple different um, types of fasting that is out there on the internet. You can Google it and research it. But I think that what the messenger has said and how to eat to live. And I, and I actually wanted to go back to the page that you quoted. I think it was on page 30 and you've said it a couple of times and I know someone asked in the book um, in the chat, what page was it on? So I think it was uh, book one, page 30, I do believe, when you said, was it page 30? Um, if you eat once a day, you should fast every month for two or three days. But by doing that, there will be no poison left in the body at the end of a year to make you sick even one hour. So yes. when you were actually, um, and I just wanted to clarify, cause I don't wanna make sure, I wanna make sure that I don't have a misunderstanding, but it sounds as, that, as though if we are suffering from different ailments to get ourselves back onto the right track, we need to first uh, subscribe to what is said right here in these two or three lines and how to eat to live because it says, there will be no poison left in the body at the end of a year. So you can't do it one month or two months and think that you're good. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You have yes, to do this for a protracted amount of time to really see the benefit of it. Because what a lot of times we see people doing is we, we try it for a week or two weeks, or maybe we don't get the results that we're looking for. <laughs> you know, some of us are, are we'll, we'll fast really quick when we see a few pounds, you know, when yes, we see, okay, we're 10 pounds, 20 pounds up. We said, oh, let me get back to one meal a day real quick. Savior's, ba Savior's Day is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Savior's Day is about to come up. So let me right. go ahead and uh, get back to one meal a day because I know I'll lose some weight quickly yes, or thank 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 god ramadan is coming up because uh i needed this discipline i needed to reestablish the discipline that i lost throughout the rest of the year but it sounds as though and correct me if i'm wrong you get the benefit of it a year it it, it to, to me it sounds like it takes a year for you to get the real benefit that you need to uh rid yourself of illness or sickness. And of course, depending on the state of where you are, it might take even longer because if you've done considerable damage, now it's gonna take considerable time to restore yourself. So, I mean, 
you can add to that or, you know, you are and, uh, much more of an expert than me. I'm, <laughs> I'm new to the no, medical field. Yes, ma'am. We, we all on this journey. Hey, that, I think you summed it up excellently. I mean, we, we can't get ourselves caught up in what other people say, mm-hmm. right? Like Sister Dr. Mariam said, hey, some people call a fast. I'm just not going to smoke for two months or during Lent, I'm going to give up drinking. Mm-hmm. So people call a fast whatever they want to, but this very specific what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says when he says fasting, and I read it right, two or three days without food. He allows us to drink coffee. He allows us to drink tea. And of course, we should drink water because right. another fast that has to be clarified is a dry fast. And personally, I don't prescribe to a dry fast because the body, as I said in the beginning, is 75% water. The earth is 75% water. If you just want a very, a very um, distinct example of what that would look like on the earth, pull up a picture of a forest or a jungle, and then pull up the picture of the Sahara Desert, and you'll see what the earth is like without water, and the human body is a microcosm of the earth, so I think that would tell us a lot of information. But as you say, sister, if we, if we follow his instructions, we will get the benefits that he gives to us. And you hear the, in the statements that I'm reading, the Honorable Muhammad isn't a silly man. He's a very wise man. And you summed it up perfectly. That's why he said you can overcome some of these chronic illnesses in years and sometimes months. It's all about your condition, mm-hmm. right? If you are 30, 40 years old and you've been messing up your whole life, you think you're going to do how to live one or two weeks and you're going to be good. That's a misconception going into the reality. But like my sister said, if you do it for a year, if you do it for eight months, if you do it for two years, it's all still dependent on how bad were you when you came into this equation. And that all has to be weighed. And that's why it's difficult. I pray that nobody takes it as an offense. But that's why we don't answer questions about specific medical problems on programs like this, because you have to get too much. There's a lot more information than when we're just talking in general, because a person with a medical problem is in a deteriorated state. They're in that section that we talked about earlier in the repair. Yes, your body has repaired, but it's not at its optimal functioning because it hasn't regenerated. And so there's some work that needs to be done. And so I pray that we um, answered you all's questions. Anything else, uh, Dr. Mariam or Brother Tariq? Uh, no, you you uh, pretty much said it. You know, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. Not, I'm not even gonna answer because you know y'all y'all pretty much took the uh, the words right out of my mind. So I I um, appreciate that. Okay, now this is an excellent one. Um, put you both on the spot. Sarita X, alaikum. what advice or guidance would you give for those who have been eating one meal per day and fasting, but yet encounter issues such as inability to lose weight? I'm sorry, the inability to lose weight. Yeah, okay, lose weight, et cetera. That's a good question. Well, I think that for sure, um, dieting or follow or practicing how to eat to live is the base, but it still has to be coupled with exercise. So I'm not sure what 
the uh, sister who posed the question, what is in her routine? But I think that eating properly and at the prescribed time, because that's one of the things that may challenge some of us is, you know, we said the messenger says four to six and we say, well, I want to do it at 10 or 11 or, or <laughs> seven or <laughs> between seven and 10. So I think of course, following it um, to the best of our ability, but also coupling that with exercise. And we also have to take into account the mental stress that we're going, um, that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that that also um, makes it very difficult for people to lose weight is the stress and the burden, the chronic stress that they may be dealing with. And I think that meditation, prayer is also essential, yes, is very essential. Um, and of course, you know, when we're talking about trying to uh, lose weight or weight loss, cardio is is yes. like number one thing. And if you can't yes. run yet, you got to start where you are. So that right. makes me walking every day. So. Right, right. Yes. If I may just make one clarification, I want to make sure that we are all um, in congruence. In book one on page 33, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says one meal from four to 6 p.m. And then in book two on page 85, he says one meal at four or six. So again, um, I'm not here to pose myself as if I know everything that Donald Blige Muhammad said. I'm still learning on a regular basis as we all are. But I like to make sure that we understand that because your point is very um, appropriate, my sister, in that he also tells us, if you can't do it at those times that I'm suggesting, try to do it around the same time every day. Try to have consistency. And so that is what the only thing that I would add to what you said is, sister, if you're not getting the results that you are looking for, if you're not getting results you think you should get, there may be something wrong with what you're doing. And that may mean that you need some help. <clears throat> the other thing is that, again, we don't want to limit ourselves to, you know, um, I'm 45 and I've been overweight all my life. I've been practicing how to live for three months now. I haven't lost any weight. Well, it might take a little more time than that your body has been overweight for a long time. There are a lot of reasons why the body becomes overweight. And sometimes most of it is here. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of things that has to be addressed. Um, but I would say that if a person is following how to eat to live to the best of their ability and they're fasting and they're not losing weight, there probably are some um, significant things wrong with the types of foods you're eating as well. Some high caloric foods potentially that maybe need to be evaluated and adjusted. Right, right. And just to kind of come off of what um, Dr. Keeley and, and Dr. Farcon were saying about their variety of factors that play into uh, your fasting, in addition to the spiritual and the mental, you also have to understand, you know, just elaborating on the types of foods, you know, I mean, I'm gonna read from um, How Do You To Live book two on page 85. This is the fourth paragraph. He says, uh, and this is just to bring home a point. There are many doctors who would not agree with you on drinking a lot of raw juices, not even a lot of raw grape juice, orange juice, or any kind of fresh juice. It is too much for our stomachs. The vitamins in it are good for us, but there are many, there are other enemies in raw vegetables and fruit juices from the land where they were grown and from the insects that fed upon them. Right. Now, so my point is, 
that we also have to understand the food source. You yes. know, even though we may be eating, you know, fresh greens or not greens, but, uh, <laughs> spinach. When I say greens, I'm talking about spinach, <laughs> broccoli, stuff like that. Uh, even though we may be eating those types of foods when we fast, they may not be coming from the right source. They may not be uh, grown properly. They may have different types of contaminants in it that interfere with your body to use them to nourish yourself. So even when you are fasting, like uh, Dr. Keely mm -hmm. said, the types of foods you're eating uh, will interfere with that and it'll cause you not to see the desired results. So if you can be get invested in gardening and producing your own foods, because that will ultimately put you in control of how you fast. Yes, um, that goes to right back to the, he keeps telling us in this book as well that we need to get our own farmland and grow our That's own right. food. But That's since, so important. Well, absolutely. But since my brother Tariq made a comment about that green food. Let me read what he says about the green food on page 176. Second paragraph, but do not eat leaf vegetable such as collard greens, which some of us have had taken for our diet. Do not eat a lot of green vegetables anyway. What? Weren't we told that we're supposed to eat green vegetables? Yeah, when we were ignorant. Right. Eat the white head of vegetables, such as cauliflower and white heads of cabbage. Eat that type of food. You can eat the roots of turnips, but do not, but do not eat the salad, the leaves. And so, yes, there's another part. Um, it's in book one at the beginning, where Honorable Elijah Muhammad tells us that we could be, we could eat spinach, but eat a little bit. Do be, do not become a habitual eater of spinach. So, but I, I didn't mention that because Tariq made a mistake. I mentioned that because I wanted to clarify that. Because of course, a lot of people think that juicing greens and eating collard greens and kale and all these other foods are good. Well, if you want to follow a cave person, then you'll do that. But if you're following these teachings of how to eat to live, that's his statement on green leafy vegetables. So that should be clarified, right? Right. And just to just to add to that, in terms of the green leafy uh, vegetables, we also have to understand that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad grew up on a farm. So right. there were a lot of things that he saw when it, came, when it comes to how vegetables are grown that he was able to teach his followers in terms of what not to eat. You understand? You understand? So when you yes. look at kale or collard greens, collard greens are actually grown as barrier plants. They are, they are meant to protect the main crops that you're supposed to eat from vermin. Yes. That's what they're meant to do. So when you're eating collard greens, you're eating the stuff used to protect the main crop from rats That's and right. other types of undesirable uh, visitors. Undesirables. <laughs> right. So always, always pay attention to, um, and I hope, I, I hope, I just want to clarify, when I say greens, I'm definitely not talking about collard greens <laughs> or kale, anything like that nature. I'm talking about the things that we do eat, the spinach, the broccoli and things of that nature. Yes. But always pay attention to, always study how vegetables and how things are grown. Because that, if you, if you pinpoint it at the source and from its very beginning, the very beginning dictates how it function in any setting, you know? So always study how things have grown, the light, the, the how, how long it takes for certain crops to, to come into maturity and things of that nature. Yes, and I'm just gonna tell you all, there's some beautiful questions. Um, I think it's always um, important to meet the people where they are instead of going off and doing mm -hmm. our thing, right? Right. Um, and what I will tell you is that um, Dr. Mariam Farrakhan and my brother Tariq and I have all agreed 
that we're going to continue this program beyond today because I already see that we're not going to be able to answer all these questions. We just don't have enough time and we're going to have to end on time, but we will give you some information at the end of the program to where you can find the three of us and we are going to do a follow-up program either this coming up Tuesday or next Saturday, but we will definitely keep you up to that. So we're going to try to answer as many as we can, but there's some great questions. And I think what most of you may see is that there's such depth to this book. It's sometimes very difficult to plan a show and be able to accomplish what you plan in an hour or two. There's just so much profundity in this book. But I'm going to drop this in your lap, Sister Dr. Marianne. How do we begin to eat to live and stick to our dietary law in a household who eats more than once a day? Where does that discipline come in? And when you talk about somebody with discipline, they went to another country with another language and went to medical school. That's somebody that can tell you about discipline right there. Facts. You know what? I was looking at the exact same question because I remember when we were um, speaking briefly yesterday, this was one of the things that came up. Um, so I'm like, I kind of want to get right into it, but uh, you know, probably... <laughs> It's so interesting because when I was studying in Cuba um, for seven years, the food that was there, I had to really adjust and adapt. And I don't want to speak too much about just my personal experience being in Cuba, but there was some, some, there was so many things that I felt were, were new to me that I didn't really understand prior to living abroad and in Cuba. Um, one of the things that I realized, and I think Dr. Akili and I, we kind of had this conversation, was we were talking about the produce and the types of food that uh, Cuba produces. And one of the things that was new to me was that food is really seasonal, right? Because here in the U.S., when we want something, whether it's strawberries or tomatoes or whatever the case may be, it's always there. And the only thing I knew about being in season versus out of season was that when strawberries were out of season, they were more expensive. But I didn't really understand what that meant until I moved to Cuba and everything is organic. So everything that was produced as far as the, the, the produce, the vegetables and the fruits in the country, it was, it was available at certain times throughout the year. So it forced me to eat healthier. It forced me to eat organic because that was what was there. Um, now I can admittedly say being six months back into the US, I have <laughs> engaged in partakes that were definitely not organic and does not, you know, <laughs> that is not in how to eat to live. And I think it is um very difficult and very challenging because when you're surrounded by people who are like-minded and want the same things and, and see the value in how to eat to live, then you all become a support system for one another. So therefore, yes. it does become easier to uh, subscribe to how to eat to live and the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, I think it's, but it becomes very difficult when, you know, the people that you are surrounded by may eat junk food or they right. eat three or four times a day, yes. or even um, in my particular setting right now, I live with my grandmother and um, I prepare her meals. And so now it's just like, well, I just want to 
taste it, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a reality. It is a struggle, yes. but I think that sometimes you just have to be resolved in the teachings and say, you know what, this is what's best for me. And I'm going to try. And if I fail today, that does not stop me from trying again tomorrow. And I that's think right. that that's the kind of mindset that you have to have is that you have to be determined despite the challenges, the difficulty and the, um, and the setbacks that you may have. I think that Many of us have at one point or another struggled with how to eat to live, but that doesn't mean that that's where it stops. And I think even the minister had talked about him um, over the rostrum about how he definitely um, was, he, I can't, I don't want to misquote the minister like that would be <laughs> awful, but I remember he was talking about how he felt as though that he had followed all of the instructions and the teachings of the messenger. But the one thing that he needed to still work on was how to eat to live. And yes. please, please correct me if I'm paraphrasing. No, wrong. you're right. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the way I remember it as well. I mean, he, he has been very forthright with the fact that he is the one that submitted to the Honorable Muhammad more than anybody else. And we know that we see that we see the proof of that. But yes, he has said on multiple occasions over the years that I've been a member of Nation Islam that there have been some deviations. And I think your point um, is beautiful, sister. And I think all three of us have had this conversation with each other as well as others. Because we're on this program talking about how to eat to live and because we may have some experience and because we may be in a position to answer your questions doesn't mean that we don't struggle as well. Mm -hmm. And so every journey starts with that first step. Just make sure, like she says, you're dedicated to it. And the way that you continue to make sure you're dedicated, you have to have this book within reach. He says this in here, I don't remember the page, but he says, keep this within reach, but just in case you need to reference it. And so if you're gonna keep your mind on how to eat to live every day, maybe read a couple of pages every day. Right. And I, I don't think you could, we could properly teach it if we weren't on a journey ourselves. That's right. You know, there, there's, <clears throat> I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie, like, you know, when I look in the mirror and I see how my cheekbones are starting to disappear a little bit, I know exactly what's going on and what I need to do. You know, so there's a there's how to live. No, it's real. It's real. Yeah, for sure. It's real. It's it's literally this is the hardest part about you know our teachings in terms of just actually applying it. This is the hardest part. We know there's no, only there's no God but Allah. We we know our actual facts. We know our supreme wisdom. But when it comes to this, this is like the the the, the ultimate test mm -hmm. of our obedience to Allah. You know, so like 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 Dr. Q was saying and Dr. Maryam, we we ourselves are not perfect. So you know, it's good that we are, are also going through these these challenges, so that we can make sure that uh, we are the best teachers um, of how to live. Yes, and I would say to everybody listening just reflect on your prayers in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Can we have some beneficence to ourselves? Right. Can we have some mercy on ourselves? So if you're on this, how to eat to live, when you get on this, how to eat to live journey, be kind to yourself, be merciful to yourself, be, be in a position to yourself to say, you know what? I've more than likely, been in a different way of teaching how to eat much longer than I've been on this road. 
Now, that's not an excuse for failure. That's not an excuse for jumping into mistakes, but we have to be kind and merciful to ourselves and then get back in the book and get back on track. Pat yourself for the good things that you do. As hard as you pat yourself for, for things that you don't do well. <laughs> right, give yourself you know, some credit. <laughs> you know what, and I was thinking about just like the discipline of um, really disciplining your appetite because if we can discipline our appetite in something that we need to sustain life how much greater would our discipline be in things that we know are not um compatible with life and i think the the messenger might have talked about it in the book i don't <laughs> that's that wisdom of that farrakhan coming out come on my sister <laughs> no but seriously because a lot of times when we are um you know our body naturally calls for food yes our body naturally calls for right. water. So when we are disciplining ourselves, I mean, this is a real task at hand when we're yes. trying to discipline and curb, okay, I'm not gonna eat for another six, eight, 10 hours. Right. And that might be very difficult, especially when your body has not practiced that in so long, you start to, a lot of people call it hangry. <laughs> you're getting angry because you're yeah, hungry, yeah you know but once you're able to kind of jump over that then what then what is your state of mind yes. you know what are the things that you can accomplish and i remember uh you and i dr Key, we were talking about studying and being able to study um without eating anything and how you're able to focus more and retain more yes. information. So imagine how much more effective we would be in our nation and trying to build our nation or our homes, our communities, if we were able to discipline ourselves just That's a right. little bit more. So Absolutely. I just wanted to throw that out there. No, excellent, excellent points. Um, <clears throat> I pray that the um, the uh, participants are enjoying this. It sounds like they are. Uh, and I pray that we are serving you to the best of our ability. Here's a question I think is very important. Um, very, very important. Is there a way you can prepare to fast when you are on medication that requires you to take it with food? Mm. Right, since y'all pause, I'm gonna go ahead and say a little something and <laughs> give it to you all, okay? Um, I think that goes right back to the points we're making, sister, um, because there is no way that we could take this book, How to Eat to Live, and put it in a vacuum. The book, How to Eat to Live, is coming at us in the places where we are. There are many Black people taking medications. And when you hear us talk and you hear us talk about the confidence that we have, we know that there's going to come a time where this is going to be the lifestyle of black people, not just in America, but across the world. And so it is a process. And so my suggestion would be that if you want to know specifics, you would have to reach out and we'd have to get to specifics. But in general, when I talk to people about taking medications and the fact that they have to take food with them, then give yourself some mercy and some grace. If I have to get up in the morning and I need to eat a little something because I'm going to take this medication and I have to do the same thing in the evening, you don't have to necessarily tell yourself that you're not fasting and nobody else has the right to tell you that you're not fasting. You have to do what you have to do in order to stay protected and to move in the right direction. The key to the honorable, I, I, <clears throat> let me not say what the key to this book is. 
what I understand of this book is that the longer you go in between meals, the better your body is going to be. And so if you're the type of person that eats three and four and five times a day with snacks, for you to eat a little bit with your medication in the morning and eat a little bit with your medication at the night is improvement. You are on the process. So again, pat yourself on the back. You did a good job today. You had a little bit of something with your medicine, a little bit of something with your medicine. You ate a banana, ate a little piece of bread. You ate much less than you typically ate progress. And so if you keep making progress like that, the next thing you know is your blood pressure will start coming down. Next thing you know, you'll start seeing some of the other things that we were talking about earlier that you sometimes see on a fast. Just be kind to yourself. Just keep trying. And at the end of the day, I know that when you work on this, no matter how small or how grand, you'll see results. And that's the, that is the, the benefit that we get. When we follow this man's direction from how to eat to live, you will see signs of your work. And that's going to promote you to come back and do it again. That's going to inspire you to keep on that path. Because if a little bit will do you good, what's going to happen when you get to these 9, 10, 20 day fasts or one meal every three days? It's all possible if we put our mind to it. And, and you know, I, I want to um, come at it from a personal perspective. I was dealing with a family member who had to take medication or not had to take had to eat something to uh, take their medication. Um, and I, I say this all the time whenever I'm doing these types of workshops, stop sleeping on the Navy beam. Let's say it again, stop sleeping on the Navy beam. The Navy beam also helps you to fast. It also helps to remove unwanted appetite. So I say I brought up my family member because, you know, this this person was taking their medication and as they were on the bean soup and as they increased how much bean soup they they uh, ate, they were able to find themselves not needing the medication as often as it was prescribed. So and I and I did a lot of the the, the studies and, and the panels on them to see you know how it was how it was affecting them, and the navy beam was literally giving them what they needed so that they didn't have to take the medication anymore. You know, so if you want to get away from your medication and you want to start uh, fasting more often and not have to worry about taking food for your meds. Eat the navy bean soup and watch it control how much food you eat, and to in order to uh, consume that medication. So I just want to say that stop sleeping on that bean. Hey. I'm gonna make that into a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we need to. We we were told to eat it every day, so every we should day. be trying. That's right. That's right. Uh, another great question, Leslie Muhammad. What is the protocol for eating every other day during the woman's cycle? I'm gonna be quiet. Samaria, I'm anything? Oh, I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I do not know the answer to that question. Um, so I would have to do my research and get back to the sister who asked it, unless you have something. Well, I can talk about my experience, you know, from, from the perspective of um, fasting and eating every other day with 
some of the problems that can happen in a woman's um, reproductive organs, ovarian cysts, fibroids, dysmenorrhea, which is difficult um, cycles, um, premenstrual syndrome. I literally have had many women over the years that have had like almost no symptoms during fasting and a great improvement on one meal every other day. Now, I don't know that there's any let me not say that. I know that there is nothing in How to Eat to Live that specifically talks about How to Eat to Live on cycle. He does mention about pregnancy and breastfeeding, but that's my experience. So um, I can't speak on that from what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad would say because I haven't read anything about that. But again, when it comes to any difficult process that's going on in the human body, when I watch people dedicate to how to eat to live. I've seen, I don't recall, honestly, and I'm including autoimmune disorders, hepatitis, HIV, cancer, diabetes, of course, all the typical chronic diseases. I have seen every single condition that I have seen in my medical career improve with how to eat to live and with fasting. And so um, that would be my answer, my sister. I pray that we answered that for you. Uh, the person that asked about a small lesion or cyst on the kidney, that would be something that you would have to reach out in person, sister, that, or anonymous person. Um, that would have to be more information. Uh, this is an excellent question I'd like for both of you to um, take. Uh, please give Jan Muhammad, uh, please give some suggestions for stress management during fasting. Prayer. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's, a, that's the first thing that I thought about, because I remember when I was in Cuba and fasting and working 12 hour shifts at the hospital and being in 80, 90 degree weather. Um, I just remember that the prayer, because we are prescribed five prayers a day, it would help. You know, it seems like as, as you get further and further in the day, the prayers come faster. Yes. Um, the duration between one and the first one and the second one, or the second one and the third one gets shorter and shorter. And I felt like that really, really helped because when you're saying the prayer and you're really not just repeating it out of just repetition, but you're actually thinking about the words and saying that you're submitting your will to do the will of a lie, it makes it much more easier for you to to fast in conditions that may feel very harsh to you um so that to me is one of the first things that i would say for sure excellent, um, excellent. yeah i would definitely agree with prayer you know prayer prayer doesn't prevent uh the stress it helps you deal with it you know it, it's we 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 live in environments some of, some of us live in environments where, you know, we have a lot of agitators, whether it be, uh, whether it be financial, whether it be people we, we have around us, you know, our, our jobs, um, different things of that nature. So prayer helps you deal with those, those agitators or those stresses. The stresses, you can control what stresses you out. You know, you can always remove yourself from certain environments. But I think that you know, if you if you're firm on your prayers, you know it wouldn't matter what environment you're in; it, it shouldn't uh, agitate you uh, the way 
that it, it normally would if you were not uh, steadfast on your prayers. Yes. And once again, <laughs> do not sleep on oh, the Navy. Navy. <laughs> it's, it helps to reduce stress levels as well. Yes. When, I, when we were talking about the copper and the magnesium yes. and all those different things in the bean, these are elements that help reduce stress as well. It helps uh, put you to sleep a little faster yes. than uh, you you normally want, or to help you go to sleep at a decent time. So when you find yourself on the on the navy bean soup uh, regimen, and you you are feeding off the life force, this isn't a meal plan. This is a life force of how do you to live. Then you will start finding yourself less stressed. You know, you eat, it's easier to go to sleep. You're not worried about people that 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 or not people or things that are in your life that will serve as uh, agitators. So once again, don't sleep on the navy. That's right. And, and, and when you get to the specific science of the Navy bean, it has the precursor um, nutrients to produce melatonin. So that's not just something that he's saying that's scientifically based. That's right. I and I would just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, as you, as you all can continue to see, I mean, we could go to right. such depth when it comes to all, all of these different subjects. I would just like to add to the wonder that my brother and sister already said to this. We have a prayer that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us, and he asked us to say it seven times a day. And it goes like this. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Oh, Allah, I seek thy refuge from anxiety and grief. And I seek thy refuge from lack of strength and laziness. I seek thy refuge from niggardliness and cowardice. I seek thy refuge from the overpowerment of debt and the oppression of men. That's right. Oh, Allah, suffice me with what is lawful. Help keep me away from that which is prohibited, and with thy grace make me free of want from what is besides thee. If there's anybody out there that does not have that prayer and you would like it, reach out to me. I'm going to give my information. We're going to give our information a little bit, and I'll make sure you have that. But I, in my own stress management during my fasting, I try to say that prayer multiple times through the day, but I also try to say that prayer to myself and sometimes just stop and say the prayer when those agitators come around, because sometimes those agitators come right within yourself. But the reality of dealing with stress is that life is stressful. We live in a racist world. We live in a falling world. There's going to be stress. Let's not sit around and think that there won't be stress, but our ability to deal with it, as you have already heard, I would say going outdoors. That's something that I do on a regular basis. I try to, if, if I'm in a conference or I'm working, I'm going to take a few minutes and walk outside and walk around some trees or some grass and breathe some fresh air. Look at some of the beauty that Allah has put out here for our benefit. These things help relax you, help bring you down, right? If you're at work and you have a 15 minute break and you stand around laughing and joking and small talking with people that you don't even like, hell, leave. <laughs> Yes. And go do something for your benefit, right? Just spend a little time out in that sunshine uh, that the minister just finished telling us a couple of weeks ago that there are right. billions of vitamins. We'll be studying for years to catch up with the information he just gave us about the billions of vitamins in that sunshine. So there are many things that you can do. You know, movement of the body. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that walking is the best exercise. So for 15 minutes, just imagine if you walked for eight of them seven of them, six of them, five of them, that's going to help improve your body's ability to manage that stress. So I pray that we helped you. 
a lot of questions. My brother and my sister, what's the best way to begin to fast? I think that's an excellent question as well. What is the best way to begin to fast? All right, well, since y'all taking a little while, I'll let you think for a minute. My suggestion when you begin to fast is first is to do what you're doing today and that's to find out what the benefits are. Because when you have already on your mind about what something is going to do good, you're automatically in the right frame of mind. You're in a positive frame of mind. You're in a good frame of mind. You're in a frame of mind that I'm going to take myself to a better place. That enlivens, invigorates us. It doesn't wear you down like, oh, here, this person comes again. Right. It puts you in a different perspective. And so to prepare yourself for a fast first after that is to make sure that the nutrients that you put in your body are quality. And so that would be the foods that are listed in this book, the navy bean, the type of vegetables that Donald Muhammad told us to eat. He said all fruit is good for you. The only caveat I would put on that is make sure they have seeds in 2021. I don't necessarily know if there were seedless fruits when Elijah Muhammad wrote How to Eat to Live. I don't know whether that is or is not true, but I do know that there are a lot more seedless fruits these days. A seedless fruit is a food that has been interrupted by scientists that probably weren't doing benefit for you, but doing something for their benefit. So seed, fruits with seeds, the navy bean, whole milk, which you have to do your science and making sure that the farms are doing that correctly. And then whole wheat bread, as my sister mentioned earlier. But again, these foods, Diana Blige Muhammad teaches us over and over in this book should be the best. So in 2021, you cannot afford to go into a grocery store and buy a conventional piece of broccoli or a conventional apple. Why? Because you look at the counters and you say, well, those apples look pretty good, but why do they all look the same? Why are they so shiny? That's not the way apples look when you take them off of a tree. Matter of fact, I've had fruit trees all of my life and I've never seen two pieces of fruit that look anywhere the same when you take them off of a tree. They all have a little limp or a little bend or a little hang, something right. going on that makes them look different than the other pieces of fruit on that same tree. So when you go into a store and everything looks the same, these are foods that have been conditioned either genetically modified, pesticides, herbicides, chemical fertilizers. Do me a favor, brothers and sisters, next time you're at Home Depot, Walmart, Target, or Lowe's, go and look at <clears throat> chemicals that kill plants, herbicides. Go and look at chemicals that kill bugs and just turn around to the back of it and just read the little warning label. It tells you the potential things that it will do to kill you. And it also tells you that it potentially can cause you to have cancer. So if you're eating food every day from the grocery store that is not organic, you are putting in your body the type of food that potentially could lead to disease down the line. So we want to make sure that the food that we're eating is as clean as possible and as high in nutrition as possible so that when you do fast, there's all the nutrients and all the vitamins and all the substances that you need, as we've been talking about all day, that go and do that regenerative work. Start fixing, repairing, and or knocking down the whole house and building a new one. <clears throat> and so that would be my suggestion. We have to make sure that we are doing the top quality food. And then when we give that rest, there's going to be a lot of things good. Now, for those who are of the mind that say, I can't afford organic food, 
or, you know, I'm just not in a place where I can do those type of things. Do the best you can. There's not an excuse because even if you don't get organic food, if you take longer periods of time in between your meals, your body is still able to take those chemicals and poisons that I just discussed and remove them from the body. Why? Because the Honorable Muhammad tells us that we are made from the earth. The stone and all the nutrients that are in the dirt and the earth is what's in the human body. So you have the capability of breaking down and ridding the body of any toxin as long as you just don't do too much. I'm not saying go and try to experiment what I'm saying, eat a whole box of cyanide poison, you will be dead. But if, <laughs> worry about that. but if you eat some food and you get a little bit of cyanide in you, your body has the ability to take that cyanide and rid it. Your body has the ability to get rid of heavy metals. Your body has the time, has the ability to do that. We give it the ability to do that when we start stretching out that time in between meals. So I pray that that helps you. Uh, anything else? I was going to just add, you know, just the practical application to that, like preparing for your fast, you know, your fast is going to end. And when you talk about purchasing organic food and things like that, I would say when you go into your fast, have a, a, um, a set time that you know you're going to fast for if you're going to do three days four days five days and then make sure you understand exactly what it is you need to prepare the meal that you are going to break fast with mm -hmm. because the last thing that you want to do is fast for four or five days and then have to run out to the store the day <laughs> the day you're supposed to break fast yeah and and look for the produce or the foods that you're you know that you're you would like to break fast with so prepare or or stop at a horrific fast food place because you're so hungry you don't want to wait anymore, right? <laughs> I was gonna say that too. You like okay, I made it, and then you broke with you know Chipotle or something crazy. Like prepare. And I remember you said earlier, like I have a lovely wife who prepares my meals. So for the the people who don't have other people preparing their meals for them, yes, make sure that you prepare accordingly. But don't wait to the last minute to go to the grocery store to get the things that you need. Um, I was going to actually throw in a question um, with that is, is there a particular market that you feel has better organic food than another? Or um, you know, groceries? My personal experience, no, I, I don't have trust nor in my experience and diligence in trying to find the best grocery stores. Have I seen one where I could suggest to anybody, hey, go to this place? No, um, I frequent sprouts um whole foods and when we find certain things in other stores we'll go where we know we're getting the quality but to me in 2021 the mandate of the honorable Elijah muhammad is coming more and more serious as the days go by mm -hmm. because even a lot of these places that i mentioned they're playing tricks and they're adjusting the rules like there was a time when a farm had to be 10 years free of pesticides, herbicides, and chemical fertilizers. And then it changed to three. And then when Amazon bought Whole Foods, you saw Whole Foods do a whole lot of crazy stuff that they weren't doing yep. before. Yep. And so I wanna make sure that everybody understands me clearly. I don't suggest any grocery store. Is that a place that I go? Yes, I do, but do I suggest it? No, we need to start growing our own food.
And until we have the ability to grow our own food so that everything on our plate is coming from our backyard or the farm or the garden, then we should start looking in the areas that we live for food co-ops. There are people growing food in the places where you live. It's going to take some diligence. It's going to take some dedication. You're going to have to sacrifice some time on a weekend instead of binge watching some television show, drive out to the country near where you live and find people that are doing food co-ops. That's probably a better reality than any grocery store. But of course, most of us are going to go to the grocery store. So we have to do the best that we can. Always look when you're buying fruits and vegetables for that label. Should be five numbers starting with a nine. If you have fruits and vegetables and you don't have that label on your food, you are eating food that potentially is genetically modified, pesticides, herbicides, or chemical fertilizers. And so if that is your reality, there's no need to be mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Kindness, mercy. I'm going to fast more often. I'm going to make sure I keep spreading out the time in between my meals. And that is the way that you make up for the potential that you're putting some things in your body that you may not necessarily want. I think that was an excellent question, Sister. Absolutely. It just and I think this may be something that, I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. Uh -huh. No, good, good. I think it may be important for us right now before we get to too late in the show for us to share our information. Um, the three of us have decided before we started the show that we were gonna have a follow-up. I think it's gonna be important for us to do a follow-up number one to finish answering your questions. I see 62 down here. I don't know if those are all questions that we will answer or if maybe some of them we have already covered, but I think the three of us have the type of dedication and concern about all of you that we wanna answer your questions. So um, I know we still have to finalize our decision, but look, um, I'm gonna put my website down here so that you all can come on the ultimate wellness group on facebook or the ultimate wellness group on youtube because we're going to do tuesday right brother Tariq and sister dr marianne yes, tuesday sir. Okay. Sir. and if something happens where we can't do it on this coming up tuesday we also are going to try to make ourselves available for potentially a saturday but the point that i'm getting to is that keep in touch because we're going to finish answering your questions to the best of our ability and then what we want to do all of you that are listening today, all of you that are here, please, please, please make the dedication to yourself that you're at minimum going to keep up with us for the next few months. Because what we're trying to do is turn this into an evaluation and a group activity where we're going to practice how to eat to live together. So we can share ideas, share strengths, share weaknesses, share stories. Like I have said publicly before, and I'll say today, I strive every day with how to eat to live. But I fall off sometimes like a brick off a building. <laughs> but I pray that at the end of each week, I did more good days than bad, which means at the end of the month, I did more good days than bad. At the end of the year, I did more days than bad and keep getting better and better and better. And so that is what I think we have the desire to do is to be there to have these type of shows to continue these, this type of a dialogue and continue to grow the How to Eat to Live family so that we start to be the example of how you can be alive in a pandemic and not be worried. Concern, yes. Worry, fear. What do you say? The absence of grief and fear. So we can be absent of grief and fear 
although we are concerned, I'm not going to walk around a hospital. I'm not going to walk around coughing people without a mask because I'm following how to eat to live and I know I'm not going to get it. You might wind up dead. That's but if we are practicing right. how to eat to live, we will be less, and I should say absent of fear and grief, but we will continue to have concern. And that's um, what the three of us are dedicating. So let's put our information in the chat so everybody can get it. And then I think it's probably that time where we should do closing comments and inshallah, we will see all of you very soon. I think, um, let me see if this is, works. So I just put a, a, a form in the chat. So it would allow, if you're able to click on it, it should allow you to fill out your name and your contact information as, as well as uh, your address and comments. And in the comments, you can put your social media if you have Instagram, Twitter, so that we can all keep in contact with you. Um, it looks like we have a, over 200 persons in the chat. So hopefully, I literally just created in less than five minutes. So uh, hopefully it works. But that way, we will do a phenomenal job at keeping in contact with the believers and the guests who are on the call so that we can do something collectively moving forward to improve the health of our nation. That's right. I already see responses, so it looks like it works. <laughs> <laughs> All praises due to Allah. Yes, ma'am. Any, any closing um, comments from either of you? Uh, yes, sir. I just wanted to say, you know, we're always taught that if you take one step towards Allah, he'll take two towards you. Yes. So when it comes to how you to live, and this is something I, I wanted to add in terms of just the, the ac access to fresh produce, Allah will bless you. If you show the initiative and the desire to eat better from better sources, Allah will bless you in finding the, the resources that you need to do so. Even if it's to the point where you're creating an agricultural environment in your own home, aeroponics, hydroponics, growing different types of foods using different types of tools. You know, it can be grown naturally just in a different uh, setting. Those things can be done and you will still get the nutritional value. You know, so yes, sir. always show the initiative. Allah helps those who, who help themselves. Sister Dr. Marianne. I apologize. I was still putting my information in the chat. I put my email no problem, across, no problem, as well as my IG. Um, it has really been an honor and a privilege to be able to come before you and just share the small bit of knowledge and information that I have. I um, recognize that I am a recent graduate of the Latin American School of Medicine, and I'm very proud to have a Cuban, my medical degree from Cuba. And you know, for any of the participants that are here who may have children or are um, interested in medicine themselves, interested in studying abroad, um, I suggest you to either leave that information in the comments in the in the link that I just shared, or you can reach out to me directly because it will be an honor to really grow our nation and really produce what the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has talked about over the course of many, uh, many years and decades. We need our own hospitals. We need our own clinics. And we are still in the process of nation building. We are still developing and we have to recognize that. And although we are just three individuals the, the Ministry of Health and Human Services, we are always looking for um, 
able and willing um, individuals and like minds to come together to produce what it is that we need for ourselves, our community, and for our people. So I just wanted to end with that and say happy Savior's Day, family. Wow. Well, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, happy Savior's Day. I think um, you all have seen uh, the brilliance of Dr. Mariam and the brilliance of my brother Tariq, who is a future physician himself. And, um, you know, again, there's so much in how to eat to live. Um, we could have two hour shows every day for the next two years and we wouldn't cover everything that Donald Elijah Muhammad says. There's such depth to this information. I think I would agree that we all are desirous of producing the reality that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad poses and the, and the minister is helping us to see even better. And it's going to take time. And the best thing that we can do as we look to the future is to be the best practitioner of this teaching that we can. Brother Tariq has done many, many years and much research on the Navy Bean as well as well as other things. And he is a colleague of mine that I have a lot of admiration and respect for. Dr. Mariam, as I said earlier, she went through the process of becoming a physician as I did. But when I sit and I think about the dedication, the strength that it took to go to another country and to have to do a lot of it in a different language, it tells me the people that I have been blessed to be a part of. And that's what I'm looking forward to is to continue to to connect myself with people that are taking this to another level so that we will have a hospital so that when a person is sick, they have some place to come where they know they're going to be taken care of in a way that they're going to get better and not leave with a bigger pill box or leave totally uncertain about what their future is. And so I just want to read something real quickly out of a book to kind of stretch us all for a minute. And then I'm going to close. All right. This is a book called The Conquest of Death. It's not even in print anymore, so it doesn't make a difference if you see it or not. I can't find it anywhere. I'm still looking. But there was a doctor that went on a mission around the world to find old people. That was his statement. And here's somebody that he approached, right? This is um, on his mission in Arabia. Dr. Weber noticed an old woman who only ate once a day and then only a few dates. The doctor thought she was a strong woman about 40 years old. He was extremely surprised to learn that her age was 198. Mm. Despite her miserable diet, she told him that when she was 156, her teeth were renewed for the third time. Mm. She also explained to the doctor that all her symptoms of regeneration always occurred after a prolonged fast. So brothers and sisters, um, as I always say, you know, I finished medical school. I had a, a huge ego, a lot of confidence in what I had learned. And within seven years of practicing, I was done with medicine because it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't giving me the type of happiness and peace that I was looking for. But when I read How to Eat to Live at that juncture, at that difficult and frustrating juncture in my career, everything came back that little boy spirit that I had to want to be a doctor, all of that came back. And when I read this book, somebody gave me this book and I read some of the things that this man saw around the world. 
it only gives you more understanding of how grand this book, How to Eat to Live, really represents. It represents the solution to any type of health problem in your body. It's only about your dedication. And let me take that back. It's only about your understanding and then dedication, diligence, and sacrifice to try to implement this book in your life. And I think you will have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful results. And so I put my website in the comment section. I pray that um, those who want to keep um, up with what we are going to be doing will go to the website. All of my social media sites are on there, but specifically the T-H-E-E Ultimate Wellness Group on Facebook and the Ultimate Wellness Group on YouTube, because when we do our next programs, we'll be going live on there. We'll probably be going live on some other places as well, but those will be my sites that we'll be going live on. And um, I think um, I can speak for all of us in that we didn't come here today to see how many people were going to come. We didn't come here to get more people to come to our social media. We're not interested in likes. We're interested in presenting news that you can use. And so I pray again that everybody got something today from this program. If you've been here the whole two hours or if you just came for a few minutes, I pray that you got something where you can walk out of this program, pick up this book and be able to implement it a little bit better after today than you did before. And I will um, finish my statement with this. Happy Savior's Day. And again, for those who may have come in that don't understand what we mean when we say that, today, February 26th, is the actual day that Master Farad Muhammad was born. And you see his name on that book, right? It says, from God in person, Master Farad Muhammad. That is the man that we call Mahdi. That is the man that we call God in person. And so today is a special day. This is something that the nation of Islam celebrates. And so if the three of us have said something that pleases Master Farad Muhammad, that pleases the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, or pleases the minister, then we are highly grateful. If there's anything that we said that was a mistake, I pray that we learn and that we come and we correct it sometime in the future. And if we've said anything that does help you and benefits you and helps you go to a better ability to practice how to eat to live, all the credit goes to Master Farah Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So in their names, we close, unless you all have something else, I close with Assalamualaikum. Do we close with Assalamualaikum? Assalamualaikum. Praise be to Allah. We'll see you all soon. Assalamualaikum. Happy Savings Day, family. Happy Savings Day, family. Yes, ma'am.